When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Evan Lazar here, Patriots insider and host of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. As always, our content is powered by our exclusive wagering partners, betonline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your welcome deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Saturday morning, early morning for us, day three of the NFL draft. We're going to talk about what the Patriots did on day two, and we're going to start there. Then we'll get to the board on day three. And Alex, you can go ahead and rib me for all the prospects I don't know that are going to get drafted today or whatever it was that you were going to say. Well, but let me just say here before we in 30 seconds in, it's overdue. A very happy Matariza day to one and all, to all who celebrate, to Evan Lazar as well. Whether it's the Patriots, whether it's another team, Matt Ariza will get drafted into the NFL today. That is a good feeling. I thought there was a small outside chance he was going to get drafted yesterday, honestly. I, I thought I, there was too. I, end of third round, so one of those comp picks, right? You know, I, I thought maybe that was that could have been Matt Ariza territory. I don't expect him to last long today, honestly. I think his over-under on the books was uh, 117. 117 and a half, yep. Yeah, so I, I think I, I – I take the under, honestly. I, I think he goes early today. I, I think teams are going to look at it as generational talent. I, I do. I'm with you on yeah. Matt Ariza. Uh, we can talk about the punters here in a second, but let's start with what the Patriots did yesterday. And I think the biggest hesitation, and I, I don't think this is necessarily even fair. I, I just think that this is how I would gather the general fan base's feeling about the Patriots draft so far. And that is Last year, they go Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson. They go brand names, right? Alabama, well, Stevenson Alabama, was day two, but yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, right? Day three. Yeah, they went with big Power Five national championship pedigree type of programs and prospects that were projected to go in those ranges guys that were even fallers with Barmore and Mac Jones a lot of people thought they were going to go much higher in the draft this year it's been a totally different approach in terms of a guy from Chattanooga have they ever drafted a a player from Baylor is this the first one uh first since 2006 third under Belichick fourth overall yeah so I believe the first offensive player which yeah that In a school like Baylor, that matters. Oddly enough, Baylor is always an offensive powerhouse. You normally don't think defense. And I know there's some guys in this draft, Jalen Petridge, you know, TJ Woods. You normally don't think defense when you think of a a school like Baylor. So I know it's the first, the the two guys Bill took were defensive players in 03 and 06. I forget who the third one was. I'm looking. Right. So my point, and then Houston, right? University of Houston with Marcus Jones. So So I, I will say, I will say this about Houston. Yeah, we we talked about this during a show leading up to the draft that teams put a premium on these schools that go on runs and the class that sparked a run. Houston has been an elite, relatively elite program for the last four years. They've been ranked. They've they were in contention to make the college football playoff two years ago. They did. They did have an undefeated year in there somewhere. They've been so good that they actually got invited to join the Big 12. They and they'll be doing that, I think, in 2024, 2025. So. Obviously not a power five program now, but there there is a real case to be made. I know Cincinnati made the the college football playoff last year, but yeah. over the last four years, independence aside, there's a real case to be made that Houston was the best group of five team in the country. So, so that's not that's yeah. not nothing. That's that's that they're as close to power five as you can get without being power five. Fair enough. So but I, I think my the point I'm trying to get at here and I'll land the plane is I understand that people have reservations about the names that the Patriots are selecting. Maybe not the positions, right? The fact is they needed a guard or an offensive lineman. They needed a wide receiver. 
and they needed a corner. And they got those three pit positions hit in the first two round, uh, first two days of the draft. So I understand that some people are like, why these guys? Why, you know, why Tyquan Thornton and not Sky Moore or George Pickens? And why Marcus Jones and not a, a corner earlier in the draft like Andrew Booth Jr. or Kyrie Elam or one of these players, right? But I actually am starting to come around to what they're doing in general and starting to come around to the talent that they're getting, even if it's not it is it's a it's a bunch of schools that are not Alabama. It's not Georgia. It's not Oklahoma. It's not these power five blue blood programs. But I like the talent that they're getting. And I don't think that we should judge a book by its cover. That That's essentially what I'm trying to say here, just because, you know, uh, Cole Strange went to Chattanooga. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a bad prospect. Now, the one thing I will say about it that does give me a little bit of reservations is, and I get that it's worked out for them in the past. I know everybody points to Logan Makins, Devin McCourty on Twitter. He pointed to the fact that he was a draft pick that people thought was a bad pick by Bill Belichick at the time. For the most part, though, in recent years, I feel like when they have gone more towards chalk and more towards the consensus board that they're a little bit more, they have a better success rate with those picks, right? When they kind of go with their own sort of thing and they go off the beaten path a little bit, I get a little bit weary of, of what they're doing, but I, I am starting to come around on, on some of these players and I'm not sure. I don't think you feel at all that way, but I, I think a lot of fans this morning are waking up after the first two days and saying, you know, who the heck is Cole strange. And, and we got a, a corner who's five foot eight from Houston. Right. I mean, what, what right. are we, what are we doing here? So, so some more school background here. I looked it up. They took a tackle from Baylor in, uh, in 1999, the year before bill got here like late. They've taken, they have actually taken one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players now, including strange from Chattanooga. They took Strange. They took one guy, Mar uh, Mario Greer, in 1996. They took all the other players in the 60s, including Charlie Long, who was like John Hanna before John Hanna. He was their best. He was one of their all-time yeah. great linemen before John Hanna showed up. Right? Well, I guess he still is. But um, the idea being that they've hit. It's It was, what, 60 years ago they've hit on a lineman from Chattanooga. Um, the other thing I'd say in terms of the schools – and you know me, I'm really big into, you know, let's let's dig in deep on that. And I like to frame the draft around that. Right. Um, and yeah, this is the, the first time. Hang on. Let me pull this up. I actually just did these these numbers before we jumped on, jumped on here. I didn't know we'd be talking about this, but I think it's a uh, it's a good conversation to have. So this is the third time in the last 10 years they didn't take at least one SEC player in the top 100. Now, there's other good conferences. I think, you know, the, the Big Ten is is right up there. Um, I put, you know, the big 12 and the, the ACC kind of the next tier. a uh, third time. They didn't take an ACC player in the top 100, two of the th those three times since their next pick was an SEC player. They both happen to be Arkansas defensive linemen, Trey flowers and Dietrich wise. There's only four times under bill. They haven't taken an SEC player. So I, I, I would be surprised if they don't walk away with an SEC kid today at the same time. What I would say is there is a weird thing here with covid where you've and then the nil stuff is factored in as well none of their guys specifically but it's a part of this um there have been a record number of transfers yeah over the last few years and so for instance taekwon thornton originally was committed to florida and if yeah, I, I know that kid. right i know there's a history with florida and they really haven't you know people are going to bring up duke dawson or whoever if they drafted a four two eight thousand yard receiver from florida we'd be losing our minds. If he's a four to eight guy who put up a thousand yards at Florida, right? We, he would have been a first round pick. Right. So he, the, the sec school saw the talent in him. I, I don't know why he transferred. That's not out there, but I, it, you know, all, all three of these guys transferred. Marcus Jones went the other way. He started at Troy. He moved up to Houston. But like I said, I think Houston was the premier yeah. non-power five program during his time there. Cole strange started at, at air force Academy. So I reading into the schools as much as I love to do it is becoming less and less relevant with, with the COVID and the NIL stuff and the fifth year senior and all that. So um, again, I I'd be shocked if they don't go sec today at some point, but,
but I'm not I'm not going to panic about it. Yeah, overall on the draft, I actually I, I like it. I like it. And I kind of yeah. talked about you're, you're selling yesterday. me on it a little, a little bit more by the minute. Every time we talk, I feel like I, I'm a little bit more OK with what was happening. But like I said, I, I, I feel like when they go more towards the consensus like they did last year, they end up in a better place. That's, but, that's fair. Although Jones was like right on the consensus. Everybody's yeah. like 85 to 90, 85 right. to 90. Yeah, uh, no, Marcus Jones was the first pick of the draft that they had that I was like, right guy, right place, right? I mean, yeah. that was the first time I was all over that. I, I think the problem is, is Tyquan Thornton at 50, and I want to talk about, actually talk about Tyquan Thornton. I know we've talked a lot about kind of big picture here so far. Tyquan well, Thornton I, at 50, is not sniffing 50 overall it, until the combine, right? He, okay, but the combine happened. I heard that argument, but first off, the combine happened. He had a really good pro day as well. Yeah. Really good pro day. I I would say with that, first off, there's those reports out there that the Patriots had to jump other teams to get them. Two of the teams they jumped were the Steelers and Chiefs. Yeah, I think I, we, I, we I all know the Steelers the and Chiefs know how to identify yeah. wide receivers. I'm leaning more towards it being Kansas City that was interested in him. Uh, Tyree Kill, Nicole Hardman, like that's that's their type, right? Like they just Bro, I'm just I, I'm just saying I've seen both of those teams. Yeah. Although yeah. let's not act like the Steelers hate hate speed. They found Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio uh, Brown with sneaky speed though. That's they didn't not draft him. They didn't draft him, but they Darius Hayward Bay was a bust until he got there, and then they kind of fixed him. Right. Right. For a little so, bit there, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think overall, and I talked about this yesterday, and I think this is a players aside, and I know that's kind of unfair to do because the draft is all about the players, but yes. when you look at the Patriots approach, I like it. All floor on day one, all yeah. ceiling on day two. I think that's yeah. the that's the right way to draft. Now you can say, did they take the right floor guys? Did they take the right ceiling guys? We can have the debate. I would argue that you look at the receivers on the board, and I know people like Sky Moore, and I think if they were going for floor, Sky Moore is the guy. They also may have wanted the outside guy versus the slot. You got to look at what it ultimately that. came down to. I, I think that's yeah. part of it, but I know people like George Pickens, right? Um, I'm trying to think of who the other top receivers were on the board at that point, but did any of them have the ceiling that Tyquan Thornton does? That's tough to say. 6-2, with his body control? That guy, if he figures it out, that's a perennial thousand-yard receiver. I mean, that's bigger. The comp I love for him is like slightly bigger Brandon Cooks. So, yeah, yeah Alex Pierce was another one if they wanted that outside. I, I think it came down to two things, though. And yeah. number one... Macro could not have been more clear in his press conference last night when we spoke to him at around 12, 15 at night after the second round or after the third round, excuse me, speed. They wanted speed. And I think they looked at Sky Moore, Alec Pierce, George Pickens, and they said, okay, those guys got good speed for their size, right? Especially Pierce right. And, and Pickens. Uh, four, low four fours at 200 pounds, six foot two, six foot three. That That's good speed for their size. But we drafted a few years ago a guy that had good speed for his size and Nikhil Harry, and it didn't translate. Yeah, but that wasn't – Nikhil, that was relative speed. This guy is legitimately No, 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 no. What I'm saying is is that I don't think that they went the Pickens-Pierce route. Oh, I got you. I, okay. I'm sorry. I think that they, yeah, they saw too much overlap there about the mistake that they made last time around at that position. So – I think the first thing that they wanted to do was if we're going to draft a receiver early, we're going to make sure this guy absolutely flies. Like yeah. we're not going to, we're not going to get mixed up in the four, four, five guy at 200 pounds, right? We're going to yeah. get the guy that ran a four, two, eight and put up the fastest time in the 40 yard dash at the combine a couple months ago, full stop. And I also wonder I had heard some rumblings that they like Jahan Dotson. I, I wonder if a guy like Christian Watson was maybe on their board, right? I, I think they I wanted feel like if Dorton was Watson has to be right. They wanted legitimate down the field speed. They wanted it to translate on tape and they wanted it to translate on the 40 times as well in, in the athletic test testing. I think the reason why they didn't lean more towards sky more is what you pointed at was I think they feel really good about Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers playing in the slot. I think they feel like they have two guys that they feel comfortable with in the slot. And if they're going to go slot receiver later on in the draft, I think they're 
maybe gravitating more towards the Edelman Welker Amendola mold of like the jitterbug slot, right? Not right. necessarily the vertical slot like a Sky Moore is. So I don't think they were looking inside receiver. I think they were looking outside receiver. And this follows suit with pretty much everything that they've done all offseason at that position, acquiring Devontae Parker, being in on Robbie Anderson, who I think in terms of measurables and how they're built and stuff like that, Robbie Anderson's a really good comp for Tyquan Thornton. And six foot two, one eighty-seven versus six foot two, one eighty-one. People right? get I mean, pissed when you do that. Don't forget, Robbie Anderson's only played with bad quarterbacks. Robbie Anderson's a good receiver. yeah. Two years ago, when he played with uh, was it Teddy B right in yeah. Carolina, he yeah, had a thousand yards. Yeah, right. So I they almost traded for Tyquan Thornton essentially in Robbie Anderson, right? A couple months right. ago. So I think that they have been in that X mold with speed. And I texted a, a Patriot source uh, last night after they made the pick. And he said three things to me about Tyquan Thornton speed. Obviously kids fast. We know that yep. toughness. They really like his ability to fight for the football, He's his ability to fight through contact I, I, I dare say blocking. I, I don't want to make people think that they, they drafted another blocking receiver because that's obviously not the case. But the kid will block. And the last thing he told me was ball skills. And his body control, his ability to track the deep ball down the field, and his hands. He only had five drops last year on over 100 targets. So he's got that blend of speed, toughness, ball skills down the field. And when you watch his release game, he can release off the line of scrimmage. This is not somebody like Nikhil Harry, who is a stiff, linear athlete. This is somebody that can move laterally, can burst off the line of scrimmage, and can create separation with his releases and get the inside or outside track by getting the corner off his spot and moving the corner at the line of scrimmage. That's probably the most exciting thing that I see about Tyquan Thornton on tape is his ability to release at the line of scrimmage. He has legitimate release quickness and that's something that they currently don't have I, I think he already comes in on day one and has probably the most explosive release of anybody on the roster and that's exciting now we'll see how they use him if they pigeonhole him to like a Nelson Aguilar role where all he's doing is stretching the field then I don't know if he'll have the production of, a, of the 50th pick in draft but I think if they expand that role a little bit and it looks more like how they use Brandon Cooks in 2017 and that I think is ultimately what they're hoping is going to be the upside here then I think that it's going to be really uh, a player that they're going to like a whole lot and we're going to like a whole lot so why I posted some clips of him on Twitter already I wrote about it you can see I really tried to focus on the release package that he has because I think that that's where it all starts for those types of receivers. If you can't release the line of scrimmage and you can't get off press coverage as a vertical threat, then it doesn't matter if you run 4-2-8. You're just not going to get down the field. So so here's where I'm at with Thornton. And I I, I really like the pick. And people are going to come at me for being too positive. Oh, you liked all of them. I was a little cr critical of Cole Strange yesterday. I, I really like this pick. I do. Uh, I think uh, the draftnetwork.com, uh, this is Keith Sanchez in particular. I think everybody over there does a fantastic job. Yeah. These are the 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 three, well, it's six words, but three, three concepts just listed at the top of the scouting report. And Evan, you touched on them. Separation, ball skills, big playability. Yeah. Isn't that what we've been begging for? Right. Isn't that everything we've been begging for? I, I you know, I, and the speed too, Right. We were sold Nelson Aguilar as this burner as the guy was going to finally put some speed in this offense. Nelson Aguilar is a four, four, four guy. Yeah. Thornton again is four, two, eight top. That's what I'm saying. I think that that's why this they were, is, yeah, they were all out on Pierce and, and on, on uh, Pickens and more and all those guys, because they wanted, they wanted track speed. Yeah. This guy isn't the Patriots. Haven't had this kind of speed in a while. You yeah. know, at least since Brandon Cooks. Yeah, at least. And I, I don't know if Brandon Cooks is 40 in front of me, but it's it was very good. Um, yeah, he ran um, here. I'll pull it up. He ran four, three, three. So this kid was fast. This guy is faster. OK, I mean, you're going yeah. back to. And I, I mean, these guys didn't pin out, but I think Thornton's a better player than them. Kelly Washington, Bethel Johnson, like that kind of speed. He's um, he's faster than Bethel, too. Is he faster than Bethel? I yeah, love so it. Dorsett I love it. Was, and, and, Dorsett was also a 4-3-3. Dorsett, okay, so Dorsett, yeah. 
the thing with Tyquan Thornton to me, and, and here's why I love this pick, and this is kind of an elementary way to go about it, but I don't really care. Uh, if you're a Seinfeld fan, the the episode, I think I texted you about this. Yeah. The episode where George go decides to just go against all his instincts. So George is this character in the show Seinfeld who's like this total loser, right? Everything always goes wrong for him. And one day he decides, well, if every, if every, mis- if every decision I make is the wrong decision, then I should just totally go against my instincts. And he starts doing it. His life starts going amazing. He gets a new job. He's dating a model, et cetera. Right. So Tyquan Thornton, to me, that's what the Patriots did with this pick. Well, we haven't hit on a receiver for years. So let's just go against everything we've we've based our receiver evaluation on. And then maybe they'll get the hit. Right? Tyquan Thornton is everything the Patriots have refused to draft for the last 20 years at the wide receiver position. And that's why I'm excited about it. I'm not saying that, oh, he, you know, he's definitely going to hit, but they didn't do the same thing again and again. They, it's not the same thing. It's not like, right. I think even some people knew with Nikhil, like this isn't going to work, right? right? This isn't their if guy. If they had drafted Traylon Burks, then that's the same thing, right? Exactly. If they had, even if they, I would say even to a degree, if they had drafted a guy like George Pickens, I, I think George Pickens is much faster than Nikhil Harry, but it's still that big outside receiver who's got weight translated speed. Right. right? There's, also, so, there's the, there's the injury concerns. There's the, that feels like right. Malcolm Mich- Mitchell ish, Chad right. Jackson ish. They needed speed on offense. They needed size and speed on offense. Yeah. They got size and speed on offense. Like I know that it, that's Oh, that's too simplistic. It's really not. That's what the draft is. Yeah. That's what it is. They yeah. needed size and speed. They got size and speed. He was the fastest capable receiver on the board. Yeah, I like the pick. I really, really do. Um, and then I, 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 and it's a rare combination. It's not just the speed. It's the rare combination of size, speed, and body control. Like he's not a great route runner. Hopefully they no. figure it out this time. And we've had, I, I, I don't remember who it is, but we had some guy in the comments who comes on here all the time and talks about the Patriots. Uh, you know, it's not going to be now that McDaniels is gone it's not going to be the Patriots offense they're going to run Mac Jones's Alabama offense right and there's been some indications of that this offseason they're moving away from the fullback um getting more athletic at the guard position if that's the case then you don't need Tyquan Thornton to be a great route runner slants and goes slants fades and goes and he can do that that's what he can do. So if they also, put him in that I'm role, also going to be clamoring all season long for him to be running deep crossing routes too I just think that sure. that's that's the easiest way, in my opinion, now, deep overs. that The Kansas City Chiefs made deep overs cool, right? Tyree Kill right. going across the field on the deep over route is is what made that take off in the entire NFL. And I look at Thornton, and I'm just I saying, see that ability as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that, like, I don't think he needs to run all these double moves and all these complicated routes. Like, yeah. one-cut routes. You can have him just run one-cut routes, and he will be productive in that in, in that role. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like the pick. And then the other thing is, too, this frees up. I don't know that they'll do it now because I think you got to see where he's at at camp. Um, this frees up them to maybe move Nelson Aguilar. They're yeah. a little redundant if if Thornton's still a year away. Like, again, I wouldn't do it now. If Thornton's still a year away, you do the red shirt. But if Thornton comes out and he's lighting it up in camp, then you can maybe move Nelson Aguilar. I think you get some for him. Maybe you get, like, a decent corner. Maybe you get another offensive lineman. Maybe you get you might be able to get a top one fifty pick for him next year. So right. I, 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 I think that's a good move from yeah. a roster building standpoint. Devontae Parker in, Nikhil Harry out. Right. Tyquan Thornton in, Nelson Aguilar out. And right? remember, like that, Aguilar's in a contract year too, so he's right. out. That's sort of the two year plan. I'm not sure if that will all yeah. happen this off season or this year, but I think in 2023. You're going to see Tyquan Thornton in the Aguilar role, and you're going to see Parker in the Harry role. I think Parker will already be in the Harry role. I'm just not sure Thornton will be. So I want to take a second to shout out our friends at betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that baseball is back and the start of the Major League Baseball season 
is finally here. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, one other thing I'd say about Thornton and kind of calm Patriots fans down is in, in regards to his projected draft stock, he didn't have great production. His production was pretty up and down. Yeah. And this goes back to the college thing. Uh, Baylor's program has pretty much been a dumpster fire since 2017. Not necessarily, they've had some good teams, but the, the there's been massive coaching staff turnover. Uh, there's been turnover higher up at, at the school. It all goes back to the, to the Art yeah. Bryles scandal and all of that. Right. But, Baylor has been a really difficult place to consistently play football. There's been a record number of guys transfer out of there. It's been a lot of moving pieces. I think they've had three starting quarterbacks in three years. Um, so his quarterback and, and, play, by the way, last year, some of the tape that you watch on him, the amount of times that he has to adjust to the football down the good. field, right. it was terrible. And so I, I would, that was the big thing that they really liked about him too is his ability to adjust and uh, finish at the catch point. His catch uh, radius. Ball yeah, skill, with with, me, with yeah. the body controls, catch radius is massive. And that, I mean, his size, too. He's a big guy. Um, the, the point being, again, he comes out last year as a career year, 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, and I think it was 13 games. Um, all of Meanwhile, all of the all of the top receivers in this draft, outside of maybe Christian Watson, they, as, as good as this class was in terms of talent, there was great sustained production. Guys who were good for multiple years, right? Evan, we were yeah. texting about Chris Olave as a as a first round pick in this draft in 2019. Right. So when you have all these guys who've been good for three or four years, I, I think Thornton, based on his production in 2021, probably is, I, I don't know, 50 on the consensus boards, but he's in the top 100. Right. I think oh, he's I, I had him at the top 100 guy. I know a lot of other boards had him at like 155. Okay. But you just don't get you don't four two eight doesn't get out of day two. Right, exactly. It just doesn't unless you're just completely so raw that all you literally can do and you have no production in college, but you ran really fast in the forty. Uh, the guy that stands out to me that I think was a even more ridiculous reach on day two because of his forty time was Anthony Schwartz from Auburn, who is also a track guy. Yeah, and I remember like, that. He ran like four two seven and ended up sneaking into the top one hundred. So. As soon as Tyquan Thornton put down a four two eight at the combine, I had him in my top one hundred. I the the NFL does not allow that kind of speed to get out of day two. And again, it's a like he so he only played five games in twenty twenty. The, the the COVID screwed him up with the schedule and all that. Again, if if he puts up, so he had in twenty nineteen, right? He had I think seven hundred yards, a yeah. pretty good year. If you flip his twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, he's right. I mean, they probably it would still be considered a reach, but. Not significantly. It'd be like, oh, they could have, you know, they wouldn't have gotten him at 85. They would not have gotten him at 85 if he if he puts up, if you yeah. flip his 2019 and 2020 season. So that, it, there's some weird reasons he wasn't projected to go as high as he was. And this is kind of what we've, talk, we've talked about, right, throughout it. A big reason Cole Strange was, was projected so low is he's 24. I, right. It's just, it doesn't seem like something the Patriots care about. It doesn't. They're interested in the five-year window. They don't care that he might retire in seven years. And whether you like that or not, that's fine. It has nothing to do with him as a football player coming in year one. Tyquan Thornton, I don't think they care about the knocks. I just yeah. don't think they're relevant to what the organization values. Again, whether you think that's right or wrong, this isn't a defense. But I'm just saying, I don't, you know, the the, the inconsistent production and the, 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 um, the less than developed route tree. I believe it or not, I don't think the Patriots care about that. I don't. I think they're fine with that. I think they found a guy's four to eight where they put the ball in his hands. They haven't run down the field. He's going to run away from people. Macro said it. If you want speed, you 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 know you have to draft speed. And by the way, I loved how fiery Macro was last night. They're not wishy washy on these picks. They truly believe in these kids. And yeah. that I don't know that that's been true for all of their draft picks. And and what I mean when I say that is. They've drafted guys that never really given them a shot over the last few years. They've buried a lot of their picks. Yeah. Matt grows into these guys. He believes they're, they're football players. He believes they're playmakers that these these guys are going to get a shot. These guys have people fighting for them in the building. That means something. Yeah. So Tyquan Thornton 50th overall pick. I'll wrap it up on, on Thornton on this. 
I think the number one word that I have heard in New England and around the Patriots when it comes to their receiver play, pass catchers in general, is separation. Everybody is clamoring for guys that can actually separate. And when you watch Taekwon Thornton on tape, you see a lot of separation. This guy it gets the word at the top of the scouting report. Yeah. And that I think is something that people can get on board with. The route tree is limited. The technique is limited. I, I This is not somebody that's going to get open at the top of the route and run a, a, a really nuanced break and Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, quickness or anything like that. Right. Different type of cat. But separation right. down the field is separation down the field. And he can still do that. So I think that that's exciting for people. All right. Let's move on to the 85th overall pick in the draft for the Patriots. Marcus Jones from Houston. I get he's five foot eight. That's going to give people some pause, but this kid is electric, electric nickel uh, slot corner and electric punt returner uh, and kick returner. Everything that he does is fast. Everything he does is explosive. And I, I truly think when I watch, when I watch him play a corner, I really think that he's got the speed and the foot quickness to play a full-time slot role in the NFL and be, be somebody that could potentially shadow a Tyree kills shadow a, a Jalen Waddle, a run across the field with Isaiah McKenzie. I, I think that you have a much faster and more explosive player than let's say like a miles Bryant, who's also undersized, but doesn't run nearly as well as somebody uh, like Marcus Jones does. Yeah, I, I love it. And I already see in the chat, Marcus Jones being compared to Cyrus Jones. Um, first off, he, he does, he's not afraid of contact. Cyrus Jones didn't want to hit anybody and he didn't want to get hit as a returner. Yeah, That's not Marcus Jones game at all. No. This dude, you imagine it, 5'8", 174, people are worried about the size. He'll get up to, he'll get up to, you know, buck 85 once he gets in that weight room. But this dude loves to hit, loves to hit. So I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. The other difference with Cyrus Jones is, I, I think Marcus Jones is more aggressive. I think Cyrus Jones got here and was a little afraid of getting beat. I think he played everything very safe. I think he he was more afraid of, he played to not lose. He didn't play to win. Marcus Jones, Marcus Jones, a baller, dude. Marcus yeah. Jones, he, that, that when the football's in the air, it's his ball. It's his ball. He yep. plays corner like a wide receiver. I, I think he's, he's a great pick. Um, I, of the three picks, like I just raved about Tyquan Thornton. I don't necessarily mean, you know, he's with Thornton. When I say I like to pick, I don't mean it in, oh, I think they hit on a wide receiver. I, I, I think it's 50 50 whether or not he pans out. But he's the kind of guy I, that, that you take that shot on. He's a great guy to take a 50 50 shot on. Yeah. Marcus Jones, I think they have a, they have a player here. Marcus yeah. Jones, I think, is a baller. Mark, he's uh, somebody just said in the chat, um, Jonathan Jones in a contract here. That's an excellent point. I think Marcus Jones is the, the, the next guy, right? I think he's the next guy at the position. You don't use the term ball hawk a lot with slot corners. Yeah. It's just not a position that lends itself to that style of play. Marcus Jones kind of makes it work though. He can kind of do, there's a little bit, and this is a really rough comparison. So don't roll your eyes at me too hard. Oh, no. There's a little Asante Samuel in his game in that okay. he can bait the quarterback. Asante really, wasn't huge. Like Asante wasn't a big guy. He's obviously well, bigger than five foot eight, but just yeah. Cause he's, he's a different position, right? He's yeah. Asante was an outside corner through and through, but it's the same thing where I think he's got a really good understanding of what the quarterback's looking at, what, what the team is trying to do on the other side of the ball and read it and get himself in the right position, to make the play, right? Asante, the T-step, right, is what that's called, the T-step. Yeah. That was legendary. Asante Samuel, where he looks like he's out of position, puts his foot in the ground, cuts in. There's like three or four of those picks on Marcus Jones' tape. Yeah, um, yeah. Asante Samuel made Bill Belichick a believer in the T-step. Bill right. doesn't like I don't. Step. It's a gamble, right? It's, right? it's hit or miss. You're either picking it off or you're getting beat for a touchdown. There's no in-between with the T-step. And you don't. Again, playing in the slot doesn't necessarily lend itself to being able to do that. Yeah. But he, Marcus Jones apparently has it. He had it figured out in college. We'll see if it carries over yeah. to pros. Well, he but played everywhere in college. He played outside. He, he played slot. He played a little bit of safety. We we obviously know, I'm sure people that have I'm read up on there's, him. There's one last night. I, I was watching last night. I think it was against TCU. I can't remember where he's playing the slot against, T, yeah, yeah, against Power 5 school. He goes T-step from the slot picks it off, hurdles an offensive lineman on his way to a pick six. I think yeah. that single play is like the epitome 
of what Marcus Jones is. Cause then there's the kick return element. And I'm going to try not to get my hopes up. And I honestly hate these comparisons because nobody should be compared to these two players. Yeah. I've seen, and these are from like reputable Lance Sterling, NFL.com right. Dante hall comparison as a returner. Uh, the draft network had Devin Hester. Those are the two greatest returners of all time. That's the greatest career returner. And the guy who at his peak was the single best kick returner in the history of the game. Yeah. That I, I'm not going to come out here and say he's either of those guys, but even Gunner, he was coming from D2, right? And uh, who are the other guys they've brought in that were like hailed as is returners? They, they, they weren't. So they've, the name they've that had this Jim, kind of returner in a while. The name that Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, threw out, which is going obviously a, a back a ways in terms of draft and all that kind of stuff. But he mentioned Troy Brown as an interesting one because Troy Brown came into yeah. the league obviously more gravitated towards wide receiver, of course, not not corner. But Troy Brown came in with this ability, like Marcus Jones, to play in three phases. Marcus Jones has wide receiver tape at Houston. Now, yep, he's not a wide catches, receiver. Yards. Yeah, he's not a wide receiver. Uh, I think maybe, you know, the Bears, I, I threw this out last night. Chicago, they used to use Devin Hester on, like, end-arounds and stuff like that occasionally to get him on the field and get the football in his hands on offense. Is there a world where the Patriots need big plays on offense and they're they're trying to search for it? I I, I suppose, but I think with Tyquan Thornton in the mix, Devontae Parker in the mix, they got enough actual receivers that well, they don't. Lance, Lance Sirline said they might have a package. Okay, maybe they have the a difference. package. Here's the difference: those guys. No, it'd be a package thing. It'd be a couple times a year, right? But those guys are outside receivers. Yes. If Marcus Jones is playing receiver, he's going to be in the slot. He'd be their fastest slot receiver. If if we if we want to believe is, no stop if, to me this saying, is, if we want to believe the Devin Hester comp that's what Devin Hester did he was a corner yeah. and they started playing him at receiver because they're like hey he's good with the ball in his hands let's make this work yeah. I, to me it's a lot like Troy Brown used to play corner Julian Edelman used to play corner right that yeah. it's sort no, of like, be like that. that if there's a yeah. bunch of injuries at the position and they absolutely need to move somebody uh, and make it work he's a slot corner I think he's a legitimate slot corner. I, I like Troy Brown's comparison because Troy Brown coming into the league was exclusively a kick re and punt returner for the first couple of years of his career, right? Like kind of like Edelman when Welker was still here and Edelman was right. behind Welker. So that's kind of the comparison there in terms of the return ability and where his early role on the Patriots might be. But I truly believe that he will be a nickel or a slot corner here, not before long. He's better than Miles Bryant. He's an upgrade over Miles Much Bryant. As, yeah, behind Jonathan Jones for now. And then we'll see how Jonathan Jones ages over the next couple of years and if they're going to reach another extension with Jonathan Jones or if he's going to be around. And if not, then they transition it to, to Marcus Jones. And, and I think that he has that ability. The other word that I was kind of getting into more of his coverage ability because we talked a lot about the return skill. Sticky. I would use the word sticky for him in coverage. He has that ability to play man to man, to mirror guys, to stay in the hip pocket, to play that trail technique with the single high safety and run with people all over the field. And he's right in your shirt all the time. He's really a difficult guy to get away from. And he didn't run the 40. He didn't test because he had uh, offseason shoulder surgery uh, that he said last night that he's going to be a full go for training camp. Most scouts, most people that I've spoken with think that he might have broken 4-4 if he had ran the 40-yard dash at the combine. Yeah. The low end is like, you know, in the low 4-4s. The high end was like, I heard, that I heard was 4-3-7, 4-3-8 potentially. So he can fly. He's not Jonathan Jones fast. I think Jonathan Jones was, was maybe even in the 4-2s or something like that coming okay. out. But he's got enough speed there to play inside. Yeah, Jonathan you worry Jones about was four two eight. Jonathan yeah. Jones ran uh Taekwon Thornton. Uh, Taekwon Thornton was forty. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize he ran that fast. And he yeah, he's drafted. one of the he's every year when you talk to the players on the Patriots about who who are the guys winning the races in practice right. and who are the fastest guys, Jonathan Jones is always right up there. So no. I, I look at Marcus Jones and I, I really this is my favorite pick of the draft so far for the Patriots. I think this one made sense when they did it. You see the role that he's gonna play. You see the fit in terms of the the actual makeup of the player, right? The attitude, the work ethic, the the dog in him that he plays with out on the field. I love the return ability. 
reality is, and we talked about this too, we talked about it a little bit with receivers. We talked about it when we hyped up Marcus Jones on the podcast before. Gunner is no longer here. The Patriots right. need to replace Gunner as a punt returner. Uh, he also obviously returned kicks a lot of the times for the Patriots as well. They needed another return man. And whether they wanted to put Kyle Duggar back there, I know Jacoby Myers has some history back there. Macro mentioned something interesting last night. I don't think he was necessarily referring to returns, but I think they believe that Tyquan Thornton might actually be like a great gunner or something like that for them as well. So yeah. I think that he's another guy that I think is going to play in the kicking game too. So here's what I'd say about, I actually had this conversation with somebody last night. It's an interesting one um, in terms of Tyquan Thornton returning kicks. He was used a little bit as a kick returner as a freshman. Yeah. I could definitely then, see kickoffs for sure. Well, yeah. So then what happened and, and this is a guy I love and I'd love to see him take today. Then Treston Ebner shows up, who, if you haven't been watching the show, is one of my favorite players on day three in this draft. Uh, he's a, a pass-catching running back. He's also a two-time Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Year as a kick returner. Like, he was one of the best kick returners. in the. I think he was actually second to Marcus Jones for the yeah. Returner of the Year Award. It's like National Kick Returner of the Year Award this year. So they just weren't going to have Tyquan Thornton return kicks. Like, I think he could be good at it. They just had a guy who was elite at it, so he wasn't going to do it. I wouldn't be surprised. And, and the gunner thing makes sense, too. He's got to bulk up a little bit to do that. Yeah, That's where I'd be a little surprised. But you see the release and you see the speed. I mean, everybody was right. goo gaga over Jamison Williams's gunner tape, and for good reason. I mean, he was a fantastic gunner at yeah. Alabama. I see a similar – you know, similar everything about sure. Tyquan Thornton yeah. in, in that regard, too. So uh, I think that um, he could I, I could see him returning. I could see them giving a shot returning kicks. But I don't know now that you have Marcus Absolutely. Jones, I think you I think you knock you, you lock Marcus Jones into that role. So I think Marcus Jones is easily locked into the punt returner role. But on kickoffs, you do want a little bit more straight line speed potentially. But he, here's the thing: he was a better kick returner than punt returner at Houston. Okay, so. They could do something too where, and they've done this in the past. You, it used to be every team does this. There's very few teams that do it now. The Patriots still, they, they haven't done it in a couple of years, but they haven't had the personnel. They could go too deep and basically say, pick your poison, kick yeah. it to the faster guy or kick it to the more agile guy. Who do you want to return the kick? They could put them both back there. Yeah. They used to do that with, um, the last time they did that, I think was 2020. They did that with Duggar and, and Gunner. They put them both yeah. back and made teams pick. Yeah. So, I really love Marcus Jones. We we've been hyping up Marcus Jones on the pod for, yeah. for oh, a yeah. so, so he's no, a he player is. that if you guys have listened to us and we were all we were really excited about this. And Alex was all over Taekwon Thornton. I wasn't sold on Taekwon Thornton I, to be honest. Before I, the combine. I kind of thought that Taekwon Thornton was a little bit of a product of the combine. I'm not gonna lie. I, I've watched some more tape on him, I've dug more in, and I'm willing to to give the guy more of a chance than I was before. I'll say that. I'm still not hundred percent sold. He's gonna have to prove it to me, but uh, I, I like him a lot more than I than I thought I would, you know, so, I, again, now that I've really come through it. Here's me selling Tyquan Thornton. And I don't mean this as a guarantee that he's going to pan out. I don't think that's a guarantee. There's a lot of ifs with him. But yeah, day two of the draft is about upside. They have sucked with drafting upside receivers the last few years. In terms of outside receivers, Sky Moore is the one. If you want to say they should have taken Sky Moore, that is a fair conversation to have. Right. I mean, outside of Sky Moore, though, in terms of upside, like somebody just brought this up in the chat. It's an interesting point. They met with him three times. Romeo Dubs. Would you rather Tyquan Thornton or Romeo Dubs? Tyquan Thornton. I'd rather Tyquan. I think Romeo Dubs is the safe. He's going to be a third or fourth wide receiver when he comes in. Right. And he's going to be a third or fourth wide receiver at the end of his rookie contract. That's He's going to be like a 30 catch a year guy. That's what he's going to be. And I'm good on that. I'm good with that guy. I, I don't need them to take that guy. They need a playmaker they need a a game breaker i don't know i'm not saying you for sure tyquan thornton's going to be that guy but i'm saying of the guys on the board yeah he has as good or better of a chance to be that guy i like the miko hardman pick i don't know that he's like a one i don't know that he's a guy you build around but if you get that guy tyquan thornton's going to be really good in one-on-one coverage and they you know they've addressed a lot of other needs in this draft i think next year when Nelson Aguilar's off the books, when Jacoby Myers off the books, when Nikhil Harry's not here, we can next year we start talk. We go back to talking about that wide receiver in the first round. I know I've pushed back on that the last two years, right? Last year I said it, it's not the year; they have too many other needs. I know I said this year the board doesn't work that way, etc. Next year is the year, and if they can go like Bourne, Thornton, 
Bourne and Thornton are really, really, really good two and three. Yeah. Could be a really good two and three. And they're building it backwards. It's annoying. It's annoying they're building it backwards. I get that. Yeah. I like the picture they're painting at the position. I really do. And I will say, too, I, were you about to throw it into talking about today? Yeah. I got one more point on yesterday but, I want to make. Bottom line on Tyquan Thornton to me yeah. is they did not want to mess around with the speed. They nope, wanted nope. to make – They just, needed speed. They, they didn't want – you know, everybody's a why not Alec Pierce, why not George Pickens, why not Sky Moore? Right. Because they didn't want anybody that ran over a 4-4. They wanted somebody that had track level, Olympic level speed. You know, somebody that runs a a an Olympic level 100 meter. Like that's what they wanted here, and that's what they got with Taekwon Thornton, Sky Moore too. For the last time, as because I've seen his name pop up in the chat a whole bunch, I think Sky Moore is too much of a slot. I don't think that I think they feel good about their slot guys. I think Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers inside. They feel good about that. That Nelson being said, or Tyquan Thornton might have some room to play like a speed slot inside too on some verticals from inside also. So I don't think that they were looking for a pure slot early in the draft. Maybe they come back to it. Maybe Kyle Phillips yes. today or uh, somebody like that. If they want the speed on the board. If if they want to keep going speed, Bo Melton, Khalil Shakir, great comment in the chat. They got oh shit speed. Um, yes, exactly. I so so yeah I. I I, I think slots a bigger need than you're letting on. I don't know that Bourne is a true slot. I think they need a true slot. Um, and Jacoby Myers in a contract year, and I think he's going to get paid next year. So they do need somebody there. I love them doubling up at receiver and taking a slot guy today. And the two guys, two guys I really like for them are Khalil Shakir and Bo Melton. If they can get one of those guys, that would that that would be pretty freaking cool. One other one other thing, if I can on on day two. Yes, love the trade. Love the trade yeah. back with Panthers. That. Yep third round pick next year. That's, that's going to be a top 70 pick. The Panthers are going to blow. I'm sorry, Matt Corral, Matt Corral. I, yeah. I thought he was, I know a lot of people thought he might go in the first round. I thought he was borderline draftable. I, I really don't see it. I, I don't see it at all with this kid. Maybe they get Baker. I guess there's some news that they could get Baker today, but still that's going to be a top 70, 75 pick. They, they essentially got paid to move up 20 spots. They just punted it a year. And if yeah. they hate this draft, like some people think they do, some people think they have this entire class rated incredibly low. And that's why they're so off on the consensus board. If that's the case, I'll take that top 75 pick next year, top 70 yeah. pick next year, whatever. And you also is. traded the great trade Devontae Parker, your own third round pick right. next year for Devontae Parker. So now the Patriots are going to have four picks because they're going to get the comp pick for JC Jackson at the end of the third round. So they're going right. to have four picks in the first three rounds, at least next year by adding this pick back. Well, I love both. Honestly, I love both trades that they've made so far. The, the trade back in the first round was a good trade. And the trade that they made yesterday with Carolina was a good trade. So I, I think that they've hit the trades on the, on the head there. I think they've done a good job with that. Okay. Let's talk about today. We mentioned a few receivers. You mentioned Bo Melton. You mentioned Khalil Shakur. I'm not the biggest Kyle Phillips fan, honestly, but because they already drafted Tyquan Thornton and they already drafted the speed on the outside and the guy that has that true ceiling to be a legitimate number one in an offense. I I think that a a guy like Kyle Phillips makes a lot of sense because of his shiftiness and he's more in that Amendola Edelman Welker slot mold, right? He's a guy that wins in the first 10 yards of the route. He's not somebody that's going to win down the field, but they already drafted the down the field guy. So I look at it and I say, if they bring me Kyle Phillips now and today somewhere, I actually really like that pairing with Tyquan Thornton for the next four to five years. You got your Welker and you got your outside guy in Tyquan Thornton. I, I think that that's a, a nice direction for them. There's eight guys remaining on my big board that have not been drafted. I'm actually extremely shocked that Perrion Winfrey is still on the board. Very, and- very. I thought he was going to go top 50. Yeah, he's a guy that I think is going to be on their radar. Senior Bowl MVP. Everybody talking about why didn't uh, the Patriots draft Travis Jones from UConn, the nose tackle that had a great Senior Bowl week. Uh, they could get still get back into that Senior Bowl thing. I think Tyquan Thornton was a Senior Bowl guy too, right? Because Strange Shrine was Bowl. a Senior Bowl goal. Uh, he was a Shrine Bowl guy. Okay, I knew he was one of the the you know uh, postseason bowl game type things. Right. Um, Okay, so uh, Perrion Winfrey still on the board. We both love Zion McCollum and Tyreek Woolen, right? At the upside yeah. corners. Uh, we I'll talked about double. We talk, talked about double dipping at wide receiver. I think it makes a lot of sense to double dip at corner as well because you got the slot guy 
and Marcus Jones. Uh, you got the inside player. It would make a lot of sense for them to, to draft a developmental outside corner. Um, I mentioned Woolen. I mentioned McCollum. Uh, the Bama guys are still there too. Josh Job yeah. and Jalen Amor Davis. I think both those guys are fits for the Patriots. So I, uh, that is kind of my I throw, start I throw uh, a Caleb Evans in there too for Missouri. Yeah, he's a good player as well. Uh, running back, certainly uh, going to be talking about running backs here today for the Patriots as a potential. Big name on the board. Which one? At running back. Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah, oh, I yeah. think Isaiah Spiller is the best back in this class. Yeah, his his speed, his his 40 time, his long speed is what's hurting him, right? He's, he doesn't have great um, straight line speed. Tyler Batty's still there, right? For sure. Tyler Beatty is still there. Um, Preston Ebner's still there. You like Kyron Williams is still there. Yeah. If they're they're going for – if they really think that the running back that they draft here today needs to potentially play in year one, especially in the passing game, Kyron Williams is the cleanest prospect in that regard, right? He's the guy that can step in with the pass protection skills and the blitz pickup skill and be able to pass protect already – as a rookie, which is very hard to do in the Patriots system. So I, I think that's a big one uh, as well. I, I like the guy from Chandler from UNC. I, I think he's got some, some dual threat ability to him as well. I think he can catch the football. Uh, we obviously have our guy Hassan uh, Haskins from Hassan Michigan. Haskins, yep. So yeah. they met with the other USC, UNC back, by the way, who's really escaping me, but yeah. Okay. So maybe that program is, you know, Michael Carter, like that's a good running back program. They've produced some really good backs there over the last couple of years. Anybody else I didn't mention, we can talk about the punters here briefly if you want to talk punters, but who's the guy that I want to phrase it like this. Who's the guy that you want to see them come away with today on day three? Like who's your guy on day three for them? I don't, I gotta, cause they go in so many different ways, the way the sports fall. And like, I, I'd love it if they got Perry on Winfrey yeah, I, I'd love it if they got Woolen McCollum or Armour Davis. Um, I'm going through because I wrote this last night. Give me Bo Meltner, Khalil Shakir, or honestly, if they want to wait a little later, I love the idea of, of pairing the slot receiver. If, if they don't want to do that right away, uh, Samori Ture of Nebraska is a guy who hasn't gotten talked a lot about. Yeah, um, man, if they take Isaiah Spiller, I, I, I like I love Tyler Beatty, I really do as a third down back. Um, I didn't think they'd have a shot at Isaiah Spiller. I didn't. Yeah. And he's not a third down back. He's a three down back. And look, he's actually, I, I don't want, he, it's a different running style, but in terms of the makeup, he's kind of similar to Ramondre Stevenson, who they took 120 last year. They have 121 yeah. and 127 coming up today. The one other position I'd like to see them hit on, they took Cole Strange. They took care of the immediate need at, at, at guard. Developmental the, tackle. The yeah. long-term need to tackle. Daniel uh, uh, Falele is still there. I know that's yeah. right tackle, not left tackle, but he's a, a really interesting pick. And then, uh, yeah, so if we're talking early early here, because there's later picks, Mark Juan McCall, defensive tackle. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm, let's get in the weeds, Evan. Let's do this. Okay. Back so, quarterback. So Back. I want to get – I'm going to continue to pound the table for Zion McCollum. I – Okay. Well, no, no, no. I I, wait, before we get, okay, you do that. And then there's yeah, two more. Let me, let me do my, this is my yeah. guy on day three. I gotta okay. get my guy off. Right. Okay. Zion McCollum on day three. I just love the idea of pairing this with the Marcus Jones draft pick because Zion McCollum is the opposite of Marcus Jones, right? He's six foot two, 200 pounds, great length, great athletic tester outside, pure outside corner. So with tremendous upside, like they drafted Tyquan Thornton at receiver. The Tyquan Thornton of the cornerback group is Zion McCollum, or you right. know what I mean? Like, so if I'm the Patriots, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, we got a slot guy. Let's go out and let's get an outside guy. Now I would love them to draft Zion McCollum here today. If I'm going, if we want to talk running backs, cause I do think that they're going to take a running back here today. Love Tyler Beatty. I, I think that that's yeah. the pick. I-, I think he's the guy that, Stood out the most to me when I was watching tape on all these t- consensus running backs. Uh, he was really, really fun to watch. I would go with Tyler Beatty. I think that there's a little bit of Deion Lewis to his game. Uh, I think he's got that shiftiness. He's smaller, but he's bigger than J.J. Taylor. 
Uh, so he's a little more in that Deion Lewis body type. And I think he's got great lateral quickness and just great contact balance. And I think he'd be a really fun player in their offense. If you had told me that Ramondre Stevenson and Tyler Beatty were going to be their running backs for the uh, you know foreseeable future once they probably don't pay Damian Harris in the offseason – I'm all for that. I think those guys are a perfect combination with one another in terms of their skill sets. Yeah. No, I, I, I again, I Spiller to me, he might be off the board before 121. But yeah, yeah if they get Beatty, Beatty is the Beatty's James White. That's who Beatty is. Like he's right. the next James White. Spiller could do a little bit more. He's going to give you some more between the tackle, you know, traditional uh, formation versatility. But yeah, no, if they get Beatty, I'd be, I'd be tremendously happy with that. Or I mentioned him earlier, Tristan Ebner. If they wait and they take Tristan Ebner. I'd be into that. Um, All right, we do, can we get in the weeds now? Can we go get in the weeds, the weeds. Now? You, you gotta, You're not going to say anything we said earlier about the punters. You're not going to give us one. That's in the weeds. That's here? in the weeds. That's okay. in the weeds. All right, so, go but ahead. I want to start with the quarterbacks. Yep. Because, so between 2002 and 2018, yes. quarterback really wasn't a need for them in that window. You can argue maybe a little on the later side, but it really wasn't. Right. More than half the quarterbacks they took, they took in the top 150. They took Rohan Davies 74th overall the year after they won the Super Bowl 2001. So I'm not sleeping on them using one of these three fourth-round picks on a quarterback. Brian Hoyer's year-to-year. Jared Stidham's in the last year was rookie deal. They can frankly cut him. Trying to get a more long-term established backup. There's two guys on the board I really like. Bailey Zappi, Western Kentucky. I don't think he's ever going to be like a long-term starter in the NFL, but I think he's played a lot of ball. He knows what he's looking at. It's got a good build for the position. That's kind of what you want for the backup. He'll, if, if Max going to miss a game or two, right? I'd feel comfortable with Bailey Zappi. Wouldn't start him, but I'd feel comfortable. The other guy I really like is Carson Strong from Nevada. Oh my goodness! Okay, he, he has more upside. Do you know who Carson Strong reminds me of? Actually, and they liked him last year. I think this was kind of their plan B if Mac Jones didn't pan out. Davis Mills. They, uh, I, I think he's he's more athletic than Davis Mills. He can move around a little bit. Maybe, but he they both have similar level of arm talent. They both have really good arms. They both had injuries, but there are also flashes on the tape of really good tape when they were healthy and when they were going right yeah. in college. So I, I kind of see a little they to, from what I had heard. Davis Mills was kind of their plan B at quarterback, so, right? If they if Mac didn't fall to them, I I just think Carson Strong is a little more gunslinger in him. Yeah, I, I think he's, I, I he's could really that. got that grip it and rip it kind of style. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting developmental quarterback candidate. I hate watching him in, in the preseason. So that's quarterbacks. And and I know people are going to Sam Howell was supposed to be a first round pick. I'm good on Sam Howell. I'm fine yeah. on Sam Howell. And then later on, there's there's Caleb Ellaby. There's EJ Perry. Um, yeah. I like staying in the- I kind of like EJ Perry for them, honestly, if they're going if they're going to go I- later. Later, like sixth or seventh right. round. Yeah. The reason why I like EJ Perry is because I feel like he has that ability to mimic a lot of the quarterbacks that they're going to face on scout team. I'm not talking about him as a backup quarterback. Honestly. Oh, yeah, no. I, his athleticism's off the charts and he's actually got that size. And there, look, I remember being in that locker room after uh, the Patriots won the Super Bowl against the Rams in 2018, 2019. And how many of those guys on defense credited Brian Hoyer with getting them ready to face McVay's offense and to face Jared Goff? I mean, that was like the number one thing that came out of a lot of those guys' mouth. So the scout team quarterback thing is not a complete nothing, right? It's it's not right. a complete nothing. And, and I do think that there's an element to it with EJ Perry that he's got similar size and similar athleticism to a a guy like Josh Allen. He's obviously not Josh Allen, but you know, he's the closest thing that you're going to get on terms of scout team quarterbacks to somebody like Josh Allen. So I I think that that's a, a, an interesting one too, if they want to take that view of, okay, he's going to be a long-term backup slash. He's going to be an athletic guy that we can put on scout team to mimic some of these athletic QBs we're going to face. Yeah, no, he makes I, – so I'm, I was more so focusing on that trend that they generally take their backup quarterbacks high. But, yeah, if they go later, yeah. E.J. Perry. Yeah. Um, the, the punters. The punters. There we go. Matt Ariza should be off the board by 121. Yes. I, I – and I, I, I we, we've talked about this the last couple of days. I think they're going to have Jordan Stout rated higher. I do. I still would be – I would they, they took Jake Bailey in the fifth, right? They have the last pick 
in the fourth round, 137 overall. If they're going to go punter, I think that's the pick. Yeah, it's basically 37 overall. Right. I could totally see today being like running back 121, offensive or defensive lineman 127, punter 137. I could totally see that. Um, yeah. Don't sleep on Jordan Stout. That's all I'll say. Obviously, I'm a big Matt Ariza guy. If he's on the board, great. I wouldn't be surprised if they take Stout. The other thing I would say is keep an eye out for coverage players. Keep an eye out for coverage players today. There's been uh, a bit of an exodus there. It started with with Nate Ebner a couple of years ago. They've now lost Brandon yeah. Bolden, Brandon King, Matthew Slater is year to year at this point, right? Um, some of the guys I like there, and this is now we're getting into the the sixth and seventh round picks they have. Um, Drew Hartlob from Penn State ran a four two four forty. Teams love him as a gunner. John Patrician from Pitt is a hybrid linebacker safety who the dude just gets the football. He gets the yeah. football. He's fearless in contact. I like him later on. Um, um, there's one other guy I would say to watch later on in terms of special teams. And I don't know how realistic he is now that they took Marcus Jones, but Dallas flowers from Pittsburgh state in Kansas is a really interesting athletic prospect in Kansas pit. No H there's no H at the end. Pittsburgh state. D two school in Kansas. I I think that he's so he was an All American kick returner in the NAIA. He then transferred to to Pittsburgh State last year. He's led the nation as a kick returner. Um, he's he's bigger. He's an outside corner. Six two, one ninety one, long arms. Again, great athlete. I I think he he reminds me of Gunner in that I think he would come in. He'd give you a kick returner right away. But unlike Gunner, I think there is some upside for him to contribute at his listed position down the road in two or three years. So, yeah. you know, if they want a prospect, if they want a project outside corner, he's currently projected like to be like one of the top UDFAs. And that sometimes happens with those late picks. You say, we don't want to risk him going anywhere else. Um, I, I I feel less confident about it now that they took Marcus Jones. But they may also look at Marcus Jones and say, you're not going to return kicks your whole career because you're going to be our starting slot corner. We don't want to risk you. Right. If that's the case and they want another returner on the roster and then a guy who can maybe play some outside corner, I really like Dallas Flowers. So a couple of people in the chat just to wrap this up, talking, yeah. you know, front seven guys, right? They haven't taken a linebacker, they haven't taken an edge rusher. There's actually yeah, yeah. been a, a pretty good run of edge rushers, like guys even like D'Angelo Malone went went uh, uh yesterday. So the edge rushers are getting a little bit thin in terms of guys that I really think could be like impact players at that spot that are still available. Uh, I would say the one guy that really continues to stand out among that group is Christopher Allen from Alabama. I know he had all the injury concerns, but he's somebody that I think that they could be into. I do like uh, Jer- Jeffrey Gunter a little bit from coastal. I think he, that guy can play. So maybe that's an option for them at, at edge linebacker, Darren Beavers still there. Hasn't been drafted yep. yet. I think he's probably one of the best players overall available uh, today. So I'm assuming he'll probably go pretty early, but who knows? Maybe they do. They have three fourth round picks and something tells me they're not using all three of them. I, you know, maybe they do sneak back up into this round here at the the beginning of the fourth and and try to grab one of these guys that fell through the cracks, like a Beavers, like a McCollum, like a Woolen, you know, one of these really top prospects that are still available. Winfrey, uh, potentially, right. and, and then we'll see what happens. But I think that that's a, so, I, I think that's a good, an interesting thing to do here today. I would just say in regards to like the edge defenders, I I'd still like to see him at a defensive tackle, whether it's a, an athletic defensive tackle like Perry on Winfrey or whether it's Mark Juan McCall, who's like a true nose in terms of like the defensive ends outside linebackers. And we've talked about this, Evan, they, yeah. they've hammered that position in the draft. I think it's five of the last seven. Right, taking at least yeah, one Matt, edge rusher. Matt on mentioned Cameron McGrone last night, right, as kind of like a holdover draft right. pick. I just think between Josh Uche, Ronnie Perkins, right, these guys need to play eventually. And yeah. I just, I, you're finally seeing it. They there can't is. keep drafting guys and just having them sit for two years without seeing the field. I think you're finally seeing that correction where they're like, hey, we actually, we actually have enough of these guys on the roster. I wouldn't hate seeing them add like a, like if they're gonna go that route. Give me a true outside linebacker. Give me a guy who can maybe 
do some of what Kyle Van Noy did. Like I look, I know it's Penn State, but I look at Jesse Lucetta. Yeah, right? I was going to mention Jesse Lucetta's name too. Yeah. That that's another one that I think could play, like you said, that hybrid role, right? That on the line, off the line, drop into coverage, and also rush. Uh, I think that those are uh, that he's an interesting name here too. Um, Here's, oh, there's one. Oh, that's an interesting one in the chat. I, I will point this out. I don't. They. I have tight end listed as their lowest need, but. If they really don't believe in Asiasi or Keen, they're at the point where they can move on from those guys. If they feel Are like you going Connor Hayward depth, here, because I'd be okay with that. No, no, two two of the top tight ends in this class are actually still on the board. Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina, who's like one of the premier athletes in this class. I I don't know that they go with him. The other guy that interests me, who I thought I'm not totally surprised he's here, but a little bit. Charlie Kohler from Iowa State. Yeah, the big guy. He's, I mean, he's purely a red zone threat, but as the third tight end to pair with Hunter Henry and John Smith, a guy who is a really good blocker and it, like basically his two best skill sets, he's a really good run blocker and he's really good at high pointing the football, having that guy in the red zone, like he's your third tight end. You take him here as your third tight end. He's not going to yeah. play a ton, but he's got a little Tim Wright in him, right? If you remember Tim Wright, yeah. the guy they traded for Logan Mankins, not a bad, not a bad addition. So I, I don't. I, I, there's a million other ways I'd rather see them go, but if, if they go tight end, I could, I can no. kind of see it. I can kind of no. see it, you know, just, no. just, they're going to move on from, from Aussie, Aussie and Keen. Fine. Sure. All right. We just named about 50 guys. So hopefully the Patriots take one of them. I have but more on 98.5, the sports hub.com too. So. There you go. More on 98.5, the sports hub.com. Nice plug there for, by Alex. So that's how we do it in the pros. Also be on with uh, Jim Murray at 1135. So there you go. There you go again. Wow, we're on fire. All right. And then tomorrow, uh, well, today on the stream here on Patriots Press Pass, uh, I'll be on for every Patriots draft pick on day three, uh, just like we did through the first two days. Going to be a busy day. They got a lot of work to do still, a lot of picks still to make here. So we'll have you covered right here on Patriots Press Pass live on air through every single Patriots pick, just like we've been doing for the first couple of days. Then Alex and I will be back tomorrow to recap uh, day three of the NFL draft for the Patriots and uh, do the show like we just did the show today and just like we did the show yesterday. So I uh, will have you covered right here on Patriots Beat and on Patriots Press Pass 2222 NFL draft coverage last day here today. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll put a bow on it there tomorrow on Patriots Beat on Sunday morning. So we'll see everybody uh, and I'll see everybody in about an hour. Uh, Alex will see you all tomorrow. And uh, make sure you go follow his coverage on 985thesportshub.com and listen to him tell Big Jim Murray to shove it. No, I'm just kidding. You won't. Oh, I like Jim. I would say I like Jim. I like Jim. No, I'm just joking. Anyways. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, in a bit here on Patriots Press Pass, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow on Patriots Beat. Thanks so much for watching, and uh, tune in. We'll see you guys then.